0: This is episode 26. I'm your host Tyler Haynes with Chris Dude Run Rivers. How are you sir? What's going on everyone and welcome back to NerdWire Podcast. This is episode 26. I'm your host Tyler Haynes with Chris Dude Run Rivers. How are you sir?
1: Pretty good. How you been doing?
0: I've been doing well. We've got, uh, <laughs> listen, your shirt just reminded me of the of the movie we're going to review here in a little bit. And I just, I, I, I have so much to say about it. and I'm I don't know whether to be disappointed in everyone who voted on the movie or uh, just excited that they really just want to mess with us that much. But uh, I, I really don't know. But guys, this is the NerdWide podcast. Let's get right into the housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice if you enjoy the content. But if you enjoy it that much more, go to YouTube.com and search for us a NerdWide. And give us a thumbs up if you like it. Or give us a good rating on your podcasting services as well. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave a comment and let us know how we can improve the show. Don't just give us a thumbs down or anything like that. Just let us know what we can do to improve so we can make this show better for you. But if you want to go that extra mile, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerd There's three different tiers there that you can uh, subscribe to with different little perks there for all that you, if you want to, that is. But Chris, I want to know, how's your week been?
1: Was alright. Yeah. So a little bit busy toward the end. Yeah. Um but avoid it over time again. So that's well, good.
0: You, it's always a good time to avoid that, unless you're hurting for cash. But of course, stripping always goes a long way. Just saying. That's true. That's true. I don't know from personal experience, or well, maybe I do. But Chris, let's get <laughs> let's get right to our first topic, and that is TV. And I want to know what you've been watching.
1: Uh, I started checking out this uh, Netflix series called Conspiracy. Oh no. It's just a documentary type of thing. It's done out of the UK. Um, I'm only about four episodes in. It's you know, it's interesting. It's some what-if type uh, scenarios. And,
0: already prepping for Marvel's uh, what-if, I see. Yeah, Putting put, yeah. that aluminum uh, hat on. I like it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, I don't know how much more I'll watch. There's a couple episodes that I definitely want to see, and then outside of that, I might just bail on it.
0: Do they do like, the, the moon stuff and... They've got like one that. on
1: that. Okay. Yeah, they've got one on uh, assassinations, and then they've got one on uh, one that I watched on the royal family. Mm. Uh, that was one of the early ones. Is is it they're all lizard people? No. Oh no. It's just that they're all in it for themselves. And Shocker. They do. They they do mention uh, Princess Diana's death, and whether it was intentional, or whether it was truly an accident.
0: It was intentional. I'm just
1: gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> you know they they do mention that there were two people on motorcycles, two paparazzi taking photos back toward the car as it was driving. Like so, the driver has flash bulbs going off in his in his face, which can't help. Right. Um, exactly. But then a, I think it was a white Fiat, came up onto that roadway and sideswiped the car. Hmm. And they they have paint transfer and everything to to back that up so they still wonder if it was intentional
0: this is that what a world we live in that's all I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go the opposite route been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> with the misses and we just finished season two of course I've seen all the way up till season six um, so as soon as this podcast is over we're having a little bit of time left I'm going to go start season three on who the new captain is and A lot of fun one-liners I've forgotten about. A lot of laugh-out-loud moments I've had. And it's gotten her as well, so we'll keep it going. There you go. But I wanted to talk about something first of our six new stories for TV that is not going anymore. Miss Marvel has wrapped production with the final two episodes shot in Thailand. We're going to Variety.com for this one. And my computer's not pulling the story up. There it goes. Completes. Uh, we're going to Patrick Freighter from Variety. Production has wrapped on Miss Marvel, a Disney Marvel series with a Muslim teen lead character and a significant Asian cast. Filming was relocated to Thailand after a stint in Georgia, U.S. Now, there's a bunch of everything we've already been talking about uh, before with this show. But what I thought was great is one that they're done filming. But my thing is. Filming was relocated to Thailand after a stint in Georgia. Do we think this is because of all the, the political things? I don't, they never get mentioned in the article or anything that I could find about. But do you think it was because of the, the voting regulations and everything that just passed in Georgia?
1: Disney, um, if I remember right, the last time something came up politically in Georgia, they pulled out, they pulled productions out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was even rumored at that time, that The Walking Dead was talking about relocating. Oh, I remember
0: that. That was a huge Because it deal.
1: was, uh, and I can't recall exactly what it was at the time, but uh, this could be that, or it could just simply be that they had some location shooting they had to do in Thailand, and
0: they to... moved over there. Yeah, that's, I'm curious. So, but we'll see. I mean, we'll I'll try and remember when I'm watching the show, if it's a set piece or if it was this whole Georgia stint, but I'm glad that that show is done and now we, it's coming sooner. I can't believe, like, we still get that at the end of this year. I mean, I know it's May, we're almost halfway through the year, but I I still can't believe we're, we're getting that show finally. And speaking of locations, Chris, number two, Nickelodeon's Legends of the Hidden Temple is getting a reboot. And we're going to Vulture.com for this one. And this is Rebecca Alter. Did you grow up watching Legends of the Hinted? Let me, uh, let's get to this fluff here. Today, the CW announced in a press release that it is rebooting the beloved children's competition series with a newly supersized adult version. Millennial adults will be able to compete on the purple parrots or the orange ing- iguanas, scale the, temple, the steps of knowledge, perform the temple run, and even encounter Olmec, the giant talking mind head. Instead of filming a glorified McDonald's play place, the new Legends of the Hill Temple will take place in a jungle with harder challenges and bigger prizes. Neither the premiere date nor the host has been announced yet, but we're hoping this means Guts is next. Did you ever watch uh, Legends of the Hill Temple? Yeah, just double checking.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, Part of what I think a lot of people in our Age ranges enjoy about that was the simplicity of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to translate. We'll see. Maybe it, especially maybe it when they're not doing
0: well. kids anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. So. Well, you drop kids in the middle of the jungle, and people tend to cringe a little bit.
0: Yeah, that I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> we'll see. I but mean, I, it, I think it's going to take away from the nostalgia of it, though. Yeah. But. It's going to yeah. make money. I mean, I'm going to watch it. And it's a course, of going to the CW, we got to get a job there. We got to find out. Yeah. and we got to do something because I mean, CW is doing just about everything right. If you know, if we, if I, I heard say so,
1: I heard that there's a guy there by the name Berlanti. And uh-huh. if you can get in with him, you're pretty much golden.
0: I wonder. I wonder what I need to do to to get in there somehow, some way, make up an elaborate plan. Anyways. Uh, number three, Aubrey Plaza and Danny DeVito star in Little Demon Horror Show on Fox. We're going back to Variety.com for this one with Monica Marie Zorilla. Aubrey Plaza, Danny DeVito, and Lucy DeVito, his daughter and fellow actor, are among the voice cast of Little Demon, an upcoming animated horror sitcom on Fox. Part, well, FXX. Let me put that out there first. Per the logline, the show follows a reluctant mother, Plaza, 13 years after being impregnated by the devil, which is, of course, Danny DeVito. She and her Antichrist daughter, Lucy DeVito, attempt to live an ordinary life in Delaware, but are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for the custody of his daughter's soul. Little Demon is set to premiere first on FXX, and then will be available to stream the following day on Fox and Hulu. I think that
1: this would be great if it was live action and Danny Vito. I know.
0: Had it. <laughs> just everything about that show I
1: 100% in on
0: and I, I can't wait for that. Uh it goes on to say Aubrey Plaza is also an executive producer on the show. So, but she's That's got cool. history with uh Fox, with FX, excuse me, because of uh God, what's that show? Uh Legion, which ended too soon, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of ending something, man, I am on it with these transitions. Number four, This Is Us is ending after season six. We're going to the Hollywood Reporter.com for this exclusive by Leslie Goldberg. NBC's award winning and top rated drama series, This Is Us, will come to an end with its sixth season. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that the network is poised to announce on Friday that its time-jumping family tear-jerker from creator Dan Fogelman will close its run during the upcoming 2021-2022 broadcast season. Representatives for NBC and Studio 20th Television declined to comment. <laughs> NBC is set to reveal its fall schedule for the 2021-22 season on Friday as new executives Francis Berwick and Susan Rovner present their vision for the future of the network to the press corps for the first time. Obviously... My wife and I love this show and have since the very beginning. But I think last year, if not 2019, Dan Fogelman said, "I'm only making six seasons of this. This was my vision, and this is where I wanted to end." So it doesn't come as much as a surprise, but I mean, the show—it's one of those you wanted to end on your own terms. You don't want it to be cut. And he even came to on Twitter after Twitter after this broke. He said, "You know, thank you to NBC for allowing me to do this project, and thank you for allowing me to to close this show when my my idea when I want it to." And but I mean, oh, I'm not ready. For well,
1: that. as as a fan of a show like this, you never want it to end, right? You want right. it to keep going. But I think after the fact, you appreciate the, that they had a plan. Mm-hmm. they stuck with it it never got tired they never went to half a season of filler episodes it it was never something that was just dragging its its legs behind it it was so played out so yeah. you'll be thankful down the road for the quality that's there in every season but it sucks that you're losing those characters
0: God, that, that's everything with a tv show though but we just we just have to hold our tears in and move on. Speaking of moving on, Chris, number five, the Friends Reunion Special arrives May 27th with the official title of the one where they got back together. And they posted a picture of all of them leaving the set together for the first time, and this time of all of them, I guess, leaving the set again as they're all older. It's just silhouettes, but you could tell they're all older. And so, anyways... So all the Friends fans out there, I will be watching it. I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing as the Fresh Prince reunion where they all just kind of come back and talk about the show and it's not an actual uh, episode. But I think they've confirmed that in the past. So, But speaking of the past, Chris, another good segue. I'm glad you brought it up. Our last news story here, I put this one in here just for you, my uh, hero uh, craving co-star here. Number six, Gotham fans are trying to revive the show. And we are going to movieweb.com, and this is by Jeremy Dick. The hashtag SaveGotham was trending on Twitter as fans band together in an attempt to revive the Batman prequel series. Originally premiering on Fox in 2014, the show concluded... Uh, it's run after five seasons in 2019. There's been no indication that the world of Gotham will ever be expanded with some kind of continuation or spinoff series, but that isn't stopping thousands of fans from trying to make it happen. Quote, this show was the highlight of my week for the years it was on, a tweet of one fan. It wasn't always perfect, but it provided a much needed escape from reality that I would like to have again. And of course, they go through and show a bunch of the different tweets of people trying to, to save Gotham. But I thought this was a little bit more up our alley the actors got in on this. I'm going to Corey, Corey Michael Smith, who, of course, played the Riddler, or Ed Nigma. Okay. He says, Hashtag, Gotham fans are such an insanely loyal and passionate group. I feel the love, and I'm so honored that our show means so much to so many of you. Ben McKenzie, of course, Jim Gordon, quotes choices as well. Corey is right. What a beautiful thing to see Gotham fans keeping up the good fight. Thank you. And then... Uh, Drew Powell, Grundy, uh, retweets this as well. Everyone, Grundy, friends. Hashtag Gotham. So do you think it's reality or do you think people are just trying?
1: Um, boy, that, that, this would be a rather dark escape from reality for your week, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like this was this was not sunshine and roses. Mm-mm. This was uh I, I think that they could I don't think the series gets revived. No. Uh I, I think that they could come back together for a movie mm. to, to wrap it up. But they kind of the way they ended it, where do you where do you come back to? Right right and then you have the the situation with Warner Brothers where depending on what they have planned for the movie side of the universe now if they tied it in to the batman
0: uh with Robert and Pattinson
1: and had Robert Pattinson come in mm. as as the older Bruce Wayne older comparative to uh the Bruce Wayne of the series right uh maybe but Warner Brothers tends to shy away from having multiple versions of a character running around on TV and film. Yeah. So until they put Batman to rest for a while, I don't know that they'll do it.
0: I would like a spinoff. I think you could, you could really do an Ed Enigma one. You could also do uh, the guy that had to play the Joker with Cameron Monaghan. Um, I already forgot the the character's name that they had for the Joker. Um, Jeremiah, Jerome. Jeremiah, and Jerome because they were brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, even uh, Selena a spinoff would be nice. I wouldn't mind watching her have her own TV show. Right. Um, Ivy, Ivy. Oh, that'd be a good one. We got her right there at the end with mm-hmm. all three different actresses, but. <laughs> Hey, right. What a time. Listen, if y'all want a good time jump and want to watch those episodes with us, Hero Cravings uh, on YouTube. It's a part of the Nerd y channel, and you should be able to find the Hero Cravings in your um, in your podcasting services as well. I'm pretty sure all those are re-uploaded to Podbean, but mm. but speaking of re-uploaded, let's talk about our releases this week. It is finally time, Chris, and I cannot shout this loud enough and be even more excited. Superman and Lois is finally coming back to finish off the the season Tuesday, May 18th, of course, on CW. And, oh, I cannot wait to review it. And we were talking before the show, I'm even debating on watching the first five episodes again, just to make sure uh, that I've got everything still in my head. I did have um, the guy that plays... uh, Oh, why am I forgetting? Uh, Jonathan like my tweet this week. So I'm not saying I'm a big deal, Chris, but I'm saying we could be. So that's all I'm saying. And then Friday, May 21st, Marvel's... Maybe steps. That's exactly right. Uh, Friday, May 21st, Marvel's MODOK premieres on Hulu, and that is the animated All About uh, MODOK. And this is extremely low on my radar.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm kind of in that mode, there's so much content to watch, mm-hmm. that with something like this, yeah, it's got Marvel in front of it, but if it's not going to be canon...
0: Yeah, that's not tied into anything.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not... I'll get to it later down the road.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see... I think it's the little 20-minute episodes. I might watch the first one to see if it grips me, but honestly, I don't... I don't see it because it's, and that's a character I just don't care about either. And, but, you know, to each their own. So,
1: true. Yes. Movie time.
0: Movie time. Mm -hmm. So, first
1: off, outside of our uh, feature this week, did you watch any other films?
0: Mm, No, uh, besides Brooklyn Nine-Nine and UFC this week, I, I haven't watched anything else.
1: So let's just jump right in then. we watched Willie's Wonderland. Yep. And uh, this, I had heard going in that there was very little dialogue from Nick Cage. There's none. There is absolutely none. There's some grunts and some sighs, <laughs> couple screams of anger, but there's nothing word-wise that comes out of his mouth. I think on
0: my closed captions, he said, ah. Which when he was getting hit on one of the scenes. And I think I don't think that counts though, as more as a, a breath of release, but the closed captioning did have him say ah. So I, I however you take that.
1: <laughs> right. So which he's got one of those distinctive voices, so that kinda takes something out of his yes. arsenal. Um I'm gonna toss it to you. What did you think?
0: So I did not have a lot of uh, high expectations going into this movie. Now, did not not me because I take I maybe watched the first was in the was in the first ten minutes when I sent you the text message that said, yeah. "Chris, what is this effing movie?" <laughs> because it just was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The acting was okay. The way that it was shot was the the overuse of the the film, the the different colors, the very like that's what kind of ruined a lot of stuff for me. And then Nicolas Cage not talking at all really got to me, and I was yeah. like, are they really going to have him not say anything this whole movie? And then I told, and I thank thinking, I was like. What if he said yes? I will do this horrible movie, but I'm not going to say a word. And that was part of his contract. And I, I don't know what he, what his ties were to this movie, if he even had any ties, or someone just pitched a movie idea and he said, "Yo, know, that'd be fun," and did it. I don't know why I went with Barack Obama with that one. Uh, now, some of the cast I thought I recognized. It turns out, I did not know any of these people besides Nicolas Cage. Uh, I sat there and went through... So the kid... Oh, excuse me. That plays Aaron. Is Christian Del Grosso. I could have swore that was the older um, kid from Arrow. uh, Oliver's oldest son in the future. I could have swore that was him. Was not. So I don't know if there's any relation there. So (laughs) this movie... Went, went some places then went dark and then went darker and then the ending was was wrapped up and did not make a whole lot of sense to me um, with him driving away um, I was just about spoiling it uh, with him driving away with a certain uh, item in his passenger seat none of that didn't really make much sense to me. It was very weird. And the uh, Liv's lack of emotions of seeing all of her friends dead didn't do Mm. anything for me either. And (laughs) the the fighting scenes with the animatronics. Oh, God, it killed me. I think... But... All of that saying, this movie, it, it did entertain me. It was not not watchable. And I, I actually enjoyed certain parts because of the the campy horror feel it had and then the fun it had. The fact that every time Nicolas Cage got his <laughs> Willy's Wonderland shirt dirty, he had to put a new one on. And that every time it was time for a break, no matter what was going on, <laughs> He had the break, and, and then the pinball scenes were just way over the top, especially the last one, where he hit a million score. I'm just like, what is this movie? I still, Chris, don't understand what this movie was. Um, but all of that being said, I'm going to give this one a C-. And yes, I, I am rating this movie higher than Thunder Force for all you guys paying attention and keeping your spreadsheets at home, so...
1: Um, so, there's there's a couple of things. First off, <laughs> I, I I echo a lot of what you just said. Um, great, I, I thought a, a great performance from Nicholas Cage. Absolutely. Because right? when when you have to do this stuff and you can't talk, yeah, that's a it it puts a different spin. The end scene that you're talking about depending on how you view it, could be very creepy.
0: Uh, I thought the, the whole time, I was like, why would we go this direction? What's the point? I was just like,
1: <laughs> okay. Um, one note I found, though, is he improvised the dance in the final pinball scene.
0: I mean, you honestly couldn't tell. I mean, you couldn't tell.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought it was it was... It was definitive Nick Cage. Yeah. Like, that, which is what you're going to watch a lot of his movies for. You want to see what he does. Um, I did do a touch of research just to see because it had a very Five Nights at Freddy's that's, feel.
0: That's what I thought going into it when they were going a little bit of a backstory and watching the trailer, too, because I hadn't even heard of this movie until we mentioned it last week. And uh-huh. so I watched the trailer, that's why I thought I was like, this is very Five Nights at Freddy. So
1: I I just I was surprised to learn that it wasn't really connected. Really? Yeah, it it was it's it's not connected to Five Nights at Freddy's at all. Oh. I'm sure there was some inspiration there. Right. But no. Um the the way that I, I did like the way they worked in the flashback when they worked it in to, to tell us exactly what the heck was going mm-hmm. on. Uh, I don't under... <laughs> there's there, there's one scene where um, Liv is faced with one of the animatronics. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage, his character never gets a name. He's just referred to in the credits as the janitor. Yep. Um, he walks in and he steps in front like he's ready to fight this one too. And his alarm on his watch goes off.
0: That <laughs> cracks me so, up.
1: So he looks and he just turns and walks out of the room. He goes and gets another energy drink. Right. Pl- plays pinball till his watch goes off again and then goes in and whoops this animatronics. <laughs> but, right, I never could figure out I, I was starting to think, are they going to say that he's some sort of alien? That he needs these energy drinks to. Right. Well, we never found we out.
0: Never, or if that was just his, you know, if that was just his diet coke he just had to have on regiment. I mean, it started I mean, with the movie with him drinking one. So. Yeah.
1: His entire trunk is full of them right. on his car. Yeah. Then he he continually goes back throughout the night that he's in this place cleaning it he did a great up.
0: job, by the way.
1: I mean, uh, <laughs> after a certain point, though, wouldn't you just go through and kill all these things and then clean up?
0: Yeah, it's yeah. I, there's a lot of things there. Um The uh, the roof scene was a little yeah. funny for me. Like, it's <laughs> like it's just I was like, all right.
1: Well, um, it, then the. uh The two friends of Liv's that decide they're going to go off to the super fun room. Yeah, and have some super fun. Yeah. (laughs) Now, (sighs) this movie has very little in the way of explicit dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. It mainly gets what rating it gets due to the violence and the gore, which most of the gore is like a oil (laughs) so i don't even know that was
0: very weird to me i didn't think animatronics used oil
1: (laughs) but but the thing about it is you could tell they were trying to keep the rating down Mm -hmm. because this is a horror movie basically it's it's a camp horror movie but it, it it's a horror movie and when that couple's in that room going at it yeah She's still wearing her bra. Yeah. Which would not happen in that situation. No. So you could tell they were trying to keep the rating kind of right around that limit of PG-13 or R. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just some of the way that the characters reacted (laughs) was not... No. Like, the, the guy that liked Liv, Chris course that would have to be his name Uh, he's he's hiding from one of them
0: this scene cracked me up for a moment there I I had a little bit of hope
1: (laughs) he's coaxed out without any effort at all he's just like oh I can help you right and that doesn't that doesn't work out so well so um
0: Liv's reaction to the deaths that she witnessed were were so bland to me. I was like, did you really not care about these people? Because when a certain character died by a, a tongue snapping his neck, she just kind of stood there. Um, yeah. The two that died to the crocodile in a certain room, she just kind of stood there and then walked out afterwards. I was like, all right, you know, I, I don't think
1: you liked these people. Everything just seemed... Kind of divorced from reality. Yeah, you know, it 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 was like there was the slightest hint of maybe it was admiration, maybe it was turn on, whatever. <laughs> when she was watching the janitor kill these things. Yeah. Now, maybe it's because of her backstory and the fact that she was. A survivor.
0: I thought they tied that together really nice.
1: They did. It's just hard to tell if that's why she was acting the way she was acting. Mm -hmm. Or if that was the director's choice. Or if it was her choice as the actress and the director just went with it. (sighs) I don't know. But it did seem weird that there was very little concern. She showed more concern when the, uh, the sheriff... Handcuffs the janitor and leaves him in there to be a sacrifice. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, "You're not hurting him; you're hurting those things." Right. They, he's not locked in with them.
0: They're locked in with him. Right. <laughs> and she was right. Right. Oh man! I want a second one. I, I I don't know how. I don't know how we can make this happen. Well, I, well they would like they left second. it open. Yeah.
1: And I can see them calling someone gets in touch with her or someone gets in touch with the janitor and they're asked to come back and solve it once and for all. But
0: mm-hmm. Or go to a different I, haunting of some sort.
1: Oh, what if it's a whole series where there's just these sorts of places all around the world I and just keep...
0: would love it. I honestly would love it. I mean it was like you have to you have to look at it in a lens that this is a horror movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, and right. like once I got past that point, once I like shortly after I texted that text this morning, and I realized what this movie was going for. Like I put my phone down. I wasn't paying attention to anything else but the movie. Uh, the 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 ending finale fight scene, the fights for the fights at the end, was so hard to watch though, uh, just because of. There was so much confetti flying around and Uh the way the camera angles did everything. I did not like that at all. But I felt like all the other death scenes and fight scenes were really well done, even with the plunger. And that's all I'm going to leave it at that one. But (laughs) the the sounds... (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely
1: definitely (laughs) worth a watch, if not just for the... The fun aspects of it, like a lot yeah, of the kill stuff. um I gave this when I logged it on my um, Letterboxd. I gave it three stars, nice, out of five, which is right about that B minus range. Yeah, which I which I think is kind of appropriate for this one. It's it's not some amazing horror film. There are issues with it. We've we've touched on a few of those, but. Um, It's fun. It's not meant. It's not meant to be, some sort of uh, horror masterpiece like The Exorcist or, you know, Rosemary's Baby or something like that. It's it's supposed to be a fun time, and Mm it's it's definitely that.
0: I mean, even on uh, IMDb right now, it's got a five point six out of ten. So I mean, it's right at average. Yeah, I I thought it was. I thought it was fun. So Mm. I want more. As much as you I might want more,
1: but I want more. Speaking, by the way, well, first, let, let, let me, let's put a pin in wanting more. Um, next week, we'll be doing Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder's
0: new movie. I'm excited for it.
1: Army of the Dead.
0: That's going to be good. I'm ready for it.
1: All right. So, speak, we'll pull that pin out real quick here because, you know, pins hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Speaking of wanting more, we've commented two or three times recently about wanting more Knives Out, mm-hmm. and we're getting it. I think we touched on the fact that we're getting a sequel two or three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It's, well, now we're getting casting news.
0: Oh, we got a, a week full. So One every day.
1: Rebecca... No, not one every day. Oh, yeah. it
0: was they had one so they had one Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So Thursday and Friday I was sitting there thinking, Oh, are they gonna do a cause I thought they were seriously doing a new casting every day, but they just stopped on Wednesday. So I got really excited, yeah. but
1: Well, Rebecca Rubin from Variety was first to the table, I believe. Announcing Dave Batista is joining the Knives Out 2 cast.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: Um, now, of course, Daniel Craig's already coming back, so that's uh, that's always kind of been a given. Um, it should also be noted, and it is noted here in her piece, that Dave Batista is also teaming with Netflix on Zack Snyder's zombie thriller, Army of the Dead. So we'll be yep. talking a little bit more about him next week as well. He also has upcoming film roles, including his Den- and Dennis Villanueva's Dune remake, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Thor, Love and Thunder. He's got a lot
0: coming up soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he turned his wrestling career into a very successful movie career. A few people have tried that, but it doesn't work out for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me... Sorry, I'm having to mess with this next news story because the link's not active. Okay.
0: Now, we, we talked about having Chris Evans come back. Right. And or Jamie Lee Curtis. But after this week... I don't think that's going to be the case, to be honest with you.
1: Well, and that's one thing that I wanted to ask you about. Do you think that – I don't expect we'll get both of them back. Um, but do you think one of them could pop up as like a cameo role?
0: Mm, I, could, mm, I could see that. If not like someone asked Daniel Craig, you know, who are you supposed to be? And like he he does his little repertoire of people he's put away, and I could see, you know, they'll get like make a, a small little... Little cameo of where they are now or something like that. I could see yeah. that.
1: So they also announced another, technically former M member of the MCU mm-hmm. will be appearing in Knives Out too, and that Justin Kroll from Deadline broke the story well i guess he broke the story i'm gonna i'm gonna give him credit for breaking the story i don't
0: yeah he broke it
1: uh edward norton is joining daniel craig in the sequel to ryan johnson's hit murder mystery knives out too um it's, that's gonna be really really interesting yeah he's really really good
0: so i I think we're having this trend of this Knives Out movies. I know, again, this is only the second one. But I feel like these are going to be movies that have star-studded cast in them. Yeah. Especially – no, they are doing like three, four, three and four, right? I think they did sign on for two, three, and four, if I'm not mistaken. Because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And if it's they – at
1: least two more.
0: Yeah. If they keep doing this, then, I mean – it's going to be one of those – it's going to be like an SNL of serious movies, like where you just have the biggest stars you could put in it in this, alongside Daniel Craig, and I'm seeing you know two technically MCU uh, stars in this show, in this movie now, when are we going to get Daniel Craig in the MCU? True, true. That's all I'm saying.
1: There, There is an Ed Norton movie that I I still need to watch, and I didn't get a chance to – Motherless Brooklyn. I heard good and bad people about it, but I really want to see it. It was a different story. Uh, starring he and Bruce Willis. Mm. So,
0: Again, another right. anchor that used to be in the MCU.
1: Speaking of MCU <laughs> actors appearing in Knives Out 2, <laughs> we have from Brent Lang at Variety, Catherine Hahn. is joined the cast of Knives <laughs> Out 2. <laughs>
0: Spoilers it was agatha or, all along <laughs>
1: oh wouldn't it be great if her character's name was agatha oh
0: i if if they could I bet they would i would really do
1: if another character what if what if the one guilty of the murder is agatha? Oh. What, what, whether she plays it or not, and Dude. she has the line, "It was Agatha all oh, that, I would lose it
0: if, if honestly, if they did something like that, I would go crazy because that would be so much fun. And speaking of, this is going to be another movie, Chris. We're going to have to go watch it in the theaters, so mm-hmm. because yeah. this is going to be a lot of fun. Because now we've got three MCU stars. Uh, well, two for sure, stars of one former. In the in this movie and you know casting's not done for this yet. Right this is just the little sprinkles are giving us to us and to keep the hype levels building for it.
1: Yeah. And it does confirm in this variety piece that they um have signed on. Netflix has signed on first the sequel and a third installment. Oh that's right, because so. it went to
0: Netflix. I mean it won't go to theaters then.
1: Uh, hmm. that's really all from hers? That's that's of relevance for what we're talking about. But that's that's pretty cool. We get three big casting decisions, all with Marvel connections. Right. And I think that's more a product of the fact that the caliber of talent that Marvel's getting in their movies and, and how many people they are casting in these roles, that you're starting to see that when when ensemble casts like this get announced, a lot of them have ties to that universe. So props to Marvel for that.
0: They they know what they're doing. Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. That's all I'm saying. So,
1: yeah. Mm. Um, number four. This is just a quick little note. Jungle Cruise, um, is now set to release July 30th in theaters, and on Disney Plus with premium access. Uh... I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm. Not sure I'm gonna pay for the premium access. Uh, Yeah,
0: I'm gonna wait until it just comes normally on Disney Plus and eventually watch. I mean, again, I love The Rock, but it's just only one that I wait until it's it's free. I'm not that interested in the Jungle Cruise movie.
1: Right. Um. Next item. You know how we we ask for things and we never really expect to get them. Right. Just because we're humble like that. Yeah. Of course. Um From the Hollywood Reporter and Boris Kitt. Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill returning for a Nola Holmes sequel. Oh I'm so excited. I
0: cannot wait for this. Oh, uh, we we it, talked about it when we reviewed it how much we wanted sequels to this and how they easily could. And and we're getting it.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm looking through here real quick to see. Now the... So the book series it's based on comprises six books. Mm-hmm. There's no mention... Let's see. Netflix, using its two-minute eyeball metric, says an estimated 76 million households chose to watch the 2020 movie in the first 28 days. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> so... um. Let's see. Both Brown and Cavill have favored players status at Legendary and Netflix. Brown is coming off a turn in the monster hit Godzilla vs. Kong, made by Legendary, and also has season four of Netflix's Stranger Things Waiting in the Wings. Cavill is the star of Netflix's fantasy series The Witcher, whose second season is due to hit later this year.
0: I don't was Millie I don't think Millie Bobby Brown was in Godzilla vs. Kong. I guess she was. Why? Oh, sorry. I was completely blank. I guess she is. She's a big part of it. Uh, sorry. I don't know why I didn't even think of Why I didn't realize that. I got
1: stuck yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited, though. Dude,
0: 76 um, million households in 28 days <laughs> Yeah, is nuts. <laughs> I mean, we only That's... account for two two households out of that.
1: Yeah. That was That was a huge movie. Oh, I, if that I would, hit
0: theaters, that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. That's a ton of money mm-hmm. if they hit theaters. Um, one last story here in movies from Grant Hermans of Screen Rant. Dave Batista turned down a fast and furious role to pitch Gears of War movie. Um oh. Army of the Dead star Dave Bautista has revealed he turned down an offer to star in the Fast and Furious franchise, in an effort to pitch a Gears of War film adaptation. The Fast franchise began in 2001 with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker-led box office hit that's since gone on to spawn eight sequels—yes, way too many—and one spin-off with multiple other titles in the works. The franchise has grossed nearly six billion at the box office. Uh, the next film in the series, F9, The Fast Saga, is set to finally hit theaters June 25th. The Gears of War video game series launched in 2006 with the best-selling first installment from Epic Games. The story takes place on the Earth-like planet of Sarah and centers on the coalition of ordered governments as they take on various threats to humanity on the planet, namely the alien race known as the Locust Horde. Mm-hmm. Um, was this a game that you... Played a lot of, Tyler?
0: I, I played and completed the first one. The the fifth one just came out. I played a little bit of it on Game Pass. I have never been... I've never gotten into it. And it's just just never clicked all the right uh, buttons for me. But with Batista, this is not a secret. He's been wanting to play... i uh, pretty sure he's wanting to play Marcus. One of the, the main characters. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah. And he looks almost identical to the character in the video game. And he's not been shy around. Anytime he gets brought up, he's like, yeah, I want that. He goes, I still want that. I want to do this. Um, But I did not know that he turned down a Fast and Furious to pitch and try to make this movie happen. Uh, And I really do think we will get, I think he's going to get to the point where he's sick and tired of waiting and he's going to produce and make this movie Somehow, some way, Microsoft—if they're not already talking to Batista and his people—they might make a movie out of it. Because I mean, they own Coalition Studios now, so they have all the rights. Just throw it in there. Let's let's make this happen. Because I really—it's it, a good. It could be a real good movie. Uh, I mean, and you have your your perfect actor that wants to do it and has been begging to do it, and it is obviously turning down job offers to try and make this happen. But that that comes as a shock to me when that broke this week that he turned on a fast movie because that would have been a guaranteed bunny.
1: Well, it kind of makes you wonder with um, Thor and the new Guardians and Army of... uh, I almost said Army of Darkness. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Now I've got that in my head. What is it we're watching this? Army Army of the the Dead. dead. Uh, And then Knives Out, is he filling up his schedule here over the next few months, bringing in those checks with the thought that he's going to be on a lot of screens and he's going to have a fat wallet mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to do this pet project.
0: Well, and, and Batista is one of the ones, he's very vocal about what he wants and what he doesn't like. I mean, he's talked about Zack Snyder. He's talked about um. Oh, why am I blanking on who makes the –
1: James Gunn.
0: James Gunn. I mean, he's very vocal about, you know, how he really enjoys him. I mean, he's already said that this will probably be his last movie as, um, Guardians 3 will be his last movie as uh, Drax. And he's like, he goes, I'm getting too old. He goes, I'm 51. Because I'm getting too old for this kind of stuff. But with him saying that, I mean, it doesn't really collaborate with the Marcus Phoenix character, but.
1: Which might be why he's in a rush to play it.
0: Ah, yeah, because he's. Know. Getting too tired of... His body is probably exhausted, especially after all his wrestling uh, portfolio. Yep.
1: Well, releases this week, only two. We've been talking about one of those uh, off and on throughout the show so far with Army of the Dead on Netflix on May 21st. Also, Peter Wabbit 2. The one away.
0: Put that in there just for you. On, on cinema,
1: <laughs> on cinema in UK on May twenty first.
0: I put um, that in there just for you.
1: <laughs>
0: Peter Wabbit too. Oh, all right, some video games, Chris. What you been playing?
1: Uh, very boring. Mainly MLB the show.
0: Yeah, I still haven't touched it, I'm, and I've got a story for you here. So last did you we... log
1: in and get the and get the thank you pack?
0: No. Is it still available?
1: Today's the last day.
0: Okay. I will do it as soon as the show ends then. Yeah. It's all hooked up. I'll do that as soon as the show ends. Um, So, last week we talked about you know, Destiny 2's new season, mm-hmm. uh, Assassin's Creed new DLC dropped, and then Mass Effect, the remastered trilogy, came out as well. So, let me tell you a story here. I'm going to lead you on a little path.
1: It's about uh, a man named Jed.
0: About a man Jed. Yes. So, the... Mass Effect, I, pr- I looked and looked and looked on right after we got done recording. I said, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Amazon because that's where I get a lot of my pre-orders from. And they wouldn't be able to have it to me until uh, the following, because it came out on Friday. They wouldn't be able to ship it to me till like Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday the following week. So then nah, I so that's not going to work for me. So I went to GameStop, not the biggest GameStop fan. and well, I went to uh, their website. And you couldn't pre-order the game anymore. I said, well, why couldn't you pre-order the game anymore? So I said, Nah, I'm not getting my business. So I went to BestBuy.com and looked at them. I said, Ships, uh, ships on Friday. Like, okay, great. I could, I get my game in pre-order and I'll play it. Pre-ordered it, and they sent me an email it says, Hey, you got two order, your two orders from Best Buy. So, so it turns out their pre-order bonus, they send you a steelbook book of the game case. And then they sent you the game. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so I got my shipping notification on Wednesday that my order is shipped. It'll be here on Friday. I was really excited. Uh, you know, the delivery service drops it off my door. I open the box up. It's my steelbook. I was like, oh, cool. My game's here. Open it up. There's no game in there. That's oh, that's weird. And so I looked at my email again. The two separate orders is a one in its normal game disc, normal game box in the steelbook. The game's not supposed to be here until Thursday of this week. But the Steelbook came on Friday. I said, that was shady. Because if that would have been the case, I would have canceled my order and gone to Walmart or Target or something and just picked it up instead of pre-ordering it or whatever. But I said, "Ah." said, it's all done now. So I'm just waiting. And I've been checking in on it. And it's saying it'll be here on Wednesday now. But I was livid on Friday. So, nonetheless, I've been playing Destiny 2. That has eaten up a lot of my uh, video game time. I haven't jumped into Assassin's Creed yet. I've seen the map of um, Ireland that it's taken place in, and it's huge. So, I'm like, oh, I might have to, to wait off a little bit on that, because it's. I've got a little bit of Assassin's Creed fatigue right now. Although, I have been watching hour-long videos of the lore in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Recently, by Access the Animus, that they're on YouTube, they're phenomenal. I suggest if you're into Assassin's Creed, check them out. Uh, and then I played a little bit of Immortal Phoenix Rising, so that's right. that's been my little.
1: So <sighs> I have been because usually I'll watch YouTube while I grind the show, mm-hmm. right? And uh, one of the I've mentioned before, one of the channels I sub to is Alana Pierce's channel, right? And she's she's been doing these. They're basically like. Fifty-minute to an hour-long chunks of Resident Evil gameplay.
0: Of Village. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I can't wait to get everything hooked up. I see my my S is still back there. Yeah. I I can't wait to get everything hooked up. Oh, for and, those um,
0: of you who don't know, that's Chris's Series S right here. Yeah. <laughs> right right there. <laughs> it's been there for the past three shows now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to get there. Yeah. Okay. But, um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, it looks so great. Did you
0: play seven or see any, uh, or see all the story of seven of Ethan
1: winners? Mm-hmm. No. And I noticed that when she started the game, um, uh, she said that if you're, if you haven't played seven, some stuff won't make sense to you at the very beginning of, mm-hmm. of Village. So, do you want to do play that.
0: 7 is my
1: question. Yeah, hey, I'll probably go back and play it. Okay. Hold on. So just
0: keep advancing. So, there we go. Uh,
1: you know, for those you that couldn't can see,
0: borrow that bad boy. I have. So, when we lived in the apartment, We, when the seven first came out, I decided to do a little mini series of my life. What the plan was, of me playing seven, of course me being horrified of horror anything, and she was gonna sit right beside me. You can actually go to my YouTube channel, um, Assassin RN, and you can see the there's two or three videos up, of me being just scared shitless, and her watching (laughs) and laughing at me. Um, And so I never got through it. But then, kind of funny, uh, my podcast of people that I watch, they recently went through and played it all from start to finish. And so I know what's going on, and then they're playing 8 as well. 8 is not as scary as 7, but it's still got your jump scares and things in there. Re- Resident Evil has always done great, is their lore and their, their story components. Capcom does an amazing job with it. And that's why like, I like watching them. I don't think I'll ever play them, but yeah, you can borrow that one. It's that's fun.
1: There's there's one thing though, right? That was an Xbox case. Mhm. That's an S. I don't have I have no disc drive.
0: That's a good point. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> just uh, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of Coalition
1: Studios early It's it's the thought that counts. See,
0: I I just I didn't even think about it. Wow. <laughs> huh. Anyways, the, for, the Coalition Studios are moving to Unreal Engine Five. We're going to GameInformer.com, and this new story is by Brian Shea. Gears of War Studio, the coalition, has announced it is moving its future projects to Unreal Engine 5. The announcement comes following the release of Gears 5 Hivebusters, a rare mainline campaign expansion in the Gears of War universe. The Gears of War series has always used Unreal Engine. The series was originally developed by Unreal creators Epic Games, after all. But with Unreal Engine 5, the coalition feels it can bring things to the next level. Quote, as we look to the future games, we're excited to start shifting our resources to next-gen development using Unreal Engine 5, the blog post announcing the engine migration states. Gears of War has always been at the front of the Unreal Engine development as a breakout 720p title for 360 Xbox 360 through last year's 120 FPS multiplayer update for Xbox Series X and S, and we're excited to continue the tradition by developing on UE5 for multiple new projects in the coming years. The move to Unreal Engine 5 means major improvements for the Coalition's future titles, but it also brings with it a lull in the new titles coming out of the studio. Well, shifting to a new engine is a big undertaking, so I want to be clear that we will not be announcing any new projects or titles for some time, the blog post states. Now, in 2020, Unreal Engine 5 was announced and showed off. I don't know, Chris, if you ever watched the the video of it because it came out in the summer, so we weren't recording the uh, the podcast yet. But I watched it because Jeff Keighley showed it off with uh, Tim Sweeney and some other people from Epic. And dear lord, it, Chris, it looks like a, a movie. I mean, just game engines obviously get better and better over over time and over years as more uh, technology and things become available. And it's the way that they build It's like they use different triangles or polygons and each video game is made up of millions upon billions upon trillions of triangles of polygons. And Unreal Engine 5 just makes it that much easier and that much better. It's honestly like watching a movie with some of these games and the stuff that they showed off I just I was absolutely blown away. I don't usually get into tech demos like that and just get excited, but it shows off the future. And from to my knowledge, this is the first um, company that says they're going to be using the engine and talking about it like this. And I know they said you don't be expecting anything for a while, but I I mean I don't know. I I would like for them to get away from gears. I know being an Xbox fan, it's not what you want to hear, but I feel like they can do a lot with Unreal Engine Five, and I'm glad that they they said they're going to use it. I know that's the biggest news story, but it's a fun one. So, and then we talk about Ubisoft. We play a lot of Ubisoft games between you and I. And number two in our last one this week, Ubisoft says it is moving on from releasing three to four AAA games a year to focus on more high-end free-to-play titles. A little concerning to me. Off the
1: bat.
0: So we go to Games Radar by Ian Stokes for this one. Ubisoft will focus on high-end, free-to-play games going forward, moving away from its three-to-four premium AAA games per year strategy. Ubisoft held its held full-year earnings call yesterday. Well, this is earlier in the week. And there were some interesting revelations about the company's content creation plans hidden amongst all the financial details. Speaking during the call, Ubisoft's chief financial officer, Frederick Duet, said that, quote, In line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs this year. Instead, Ubisoft is shifting its focus towards the free-to-play games market, along with its smaller releases. Quote, Additionally, we are building high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term, explained Duet who also made references to Ubisoft's second-tier releases like Riders Republics and Just Dance, which are apparently expected to perform as well as some other companies' AAA titles. Ubisoft has already made significant moves in the free-to-play space this year, with last week's announcement of Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland, a free-to-play spin-off title that is set to release for consoles, PC, and cloud platforms. There was also mention of a mobile game based on The Division, though we'll have to wait until later in the year to hear more about that. This is interesting to me Thanks. because there are, I mean, your Fortnites, your War Zones, things like that, your free-to-play games that are I mean, dominating the industry right now. Right. And Ubisoft is saying, I mean, they came up with a different statement after this one, said, we're, no, we're not stopping our AAA games. We're still working on that. But they said they are focusing more so on these free-to-play games now instead of making these, you know, one hundred hour games like right Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they're going to put more of their focus in these free to play games, you know, every couple of years. And I d I don't I mean it makes sense. You see what Warzone, you see what Fortnite's doing, you see what Rocket League is doing with their sales and they're dominating. I mean they're but against microtransactions, but I don't I don't I'm very curious to see what this looks like in the next couple of months. Um, I mean, it goes on to say. Let's see. Jeff Keighley tweeted out: "Video games evolving and changing. Just 26% of EA revenue came from premium game sales. Chris, 26% from all of EA games came from game premium game sales. That's your AAA. That's just your your $60 MLB the Show, Madden stuff like that. The rest was from live service, DLC, and mobile and microtransactions." Ubisoft is shipping away from three to four premium triple A titles this year, plays a lot of high end free to play games. I mean, looking at the numbers, that makes sense for a company,
1: right? But even EA with that that difference of what, what would that be? Like seventy four percent from mm-hmm. from say microtransactions, which is huge for them. Right. They're in a A bit of a pickle, though, because they have you buy, say, an ultimate team. They have you buy points to buy bundles. And what people have started to hit them with, and unfortunately for them, it's not just players. It's people in government. Mm -hmm. It's people in legislation. They're starting to say, hey, that's gambling. Right. You can't do that. So what people are starting to think we're going to see going forward is they'll still have you buy points, but it'll be for stuff like um, stadium upgrades, uh, new uniforms for your players, similar to Fortnite, right? Because right, you, 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 you know skins. what you get. Right. I don't think that's going to be successful or as successful with EA. Yeah, I just, I don't see it happening because if, if they make, ultimate team like diamond dynasty where you can grind the game to get anything you want as far as player cards why am i going to put money into your game outside of purchasing it
0: mm-hmm. it takes away so. that that chase of of loot you know what i mean
1: right so uh now ubisoft's not going to walk away from assassin's creed
0: no i mean i I don't think and, they're going to walk away from any of this, but it's 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 different to me that they're taking this approach. I mean, why say that? Uh, let me go back to the exact quote here.
1: While you're looking, could it be good news? Is, is what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to publish smaller titles, right? Because right? they're going they're going to focus on the free to play stuff and their A list titles at the top. So that potentially opens up the door for some of these smaller companies to produce those smaller titles. Yeah. And potentially elevate those companies up from having some hits themselves.
0: It just I don't know. we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium triple A's per year and are now shifting to free to and free to play games to be trending towards triple A ambitions over the long term. I mean Assassin's Creed wouldn't be here. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, you're, you're taking a small story. Let's just put it this way. You're taking a small story. And you're making it free to play. You're getting people attached to protagonists, uh, antagonists, anything you see here, right? And they're, they're saying they're trying to build them into AAA titles. And, I mean, I don't see a, a bad thing here. Especially, again, 26% of EA's revenue came from premium game sales. If if we could get Ubisoft to make more money, to to make more Assassin's Creed esque games, I mean they're again they're not abandoning their their AAA titles, they're just focusing more on free to play, and uh, I don't know, man, I it's it's just crazy to me. I go of course I don't understand all the logistics, but the, just the EA revenue alone. The majority of it came from live service, DLC, and mobile and microtransaction from EA. That's just numbers top. I mean, and then someone tweeted back that they made sure to put in this tweet. Regarding the Ubisoft conference, the comment, it's in reference to free-to-play becoming a larger share of the revenue pie, not an indication that there'll be less traditional paid games like AC. The content mix is expanding. It's not changing. A good uh, competition is the evolution of Call of Duty since Warzone. Good comparison is the evolution of Call of Duty since Warzone. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, see how big Call of Duty is now with Warzone. That is typically the number one streamed game and played game other than Dota and World of Warcraft. Well, not World of Warcraft, but uh, League of Legends. And Ubisoft wants in on some of that. And I, I really can't blame them, but... I. I love Ubisoft, and I don't plan to go anywhere away from them. So
1: It does make it does make me wonder if we could see them take a side story, as it were, from Assassin's Creed and say, we're going to do this over here, have it be its own thing. Here it is. Download it for free and just make new content to build that world.
0: 100% in. I mean, I, I'm in, baby. I'm in. I'm in for the long call. Uh, Noble New Releases this week coming out. We've got Days Gone is coming to PC on May 19th. Miitopia for the Switch is on May 21st. And Rust for the PS4 and Xbox One is on May 21st as well. Uh, Of course, that is the PC game that's been ever popular coming to the consoles for the first time. And everyone, that is it for NerdWide Podcast. This has been episode 26. Again, thank you all for listening. We all hope you enjoyed this episode of NerdWide Podcast. Please, 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 if you watch Willy's Wonderland, go into the comments. Let us know your review. Let us know if you want a second one of this one. Because I'm genuinely curious to see how how everyone else thought of this movie between Chris and I. Uh, Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting services as well. On social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at nerd underscore wide. I'm going to try and start tweeting from it more to, to try and, and, and play with celebrities and things like that um, on there. That's mainly Superman and Lois because, again, that is a show that is near and dear to Chris's and I's heart, and we really want that to succeed. And we want to talk to some of the actors and actresses on there as well as some of the production team. Uh, or if you want to follow me and my shenanigans on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Haynes. Or if you want to follow Chris and all of his Madden and Ultimate Team and Diamond Dynasty nonsense he's got going on on Twitter, you can always follow him at MavTN7. But as always, guys, stay safe, get vaccinated, and I can't wait to hear what you all thought of Willie's Wonderland. Have a great week.
1: Later, guys.